0: It's me, the real John Baker, back again. Um, And why am I back so late? Well, you know, I'm kind of too lazy sometimes. But in in this uh, case, I actually um, got a job. I got a job outside of my home. I now uh, work in a job. (laughs) Uh, I work for the Fairfax County Public School Board, FCPS, And, um, I am an instructional aide for children, uh, high school students with disabilities and, uh, pardon me, just, uh, so today is Monday. It's Monday evening. We had one day today of, uh, faculty training, gonna go do some more faculty training tomorrow. Last week was my first week. And on Friday I taught (laughs) and for anybody who knew me in high school, it's kind of funny. I taught math. I taught a math class. And if that wasn't weird enough, I taught a science class. Uh, anyway, it's been a great couple of days, and uh, we'll see what the future holds for old Johnny Bakes at FCPS. Uh, South Lakes, go Seahawks. So, um, what else is going on? Well, I had conducted recently, just uh, Saturday, an interview um, with a guy who is a marketing manager at a company called Funko. And for those of you not familiar with Funko, I'm actually looking at uh, one right now. Uh, Funko are the creator of Funko Pops, um, amongst other things. We talk about that in the interview, uh, the whole line that can be found at Funko. Um, but the, the one thing that I'm sort of addicted to is these Pops. Uh, I probably have about 40 of them. People have hundreds right now. I'm actually looking at Marty McFly from back to the future part three, where he's dressed in Western garb, uh, holding cowboy boots and wearing his Nikes, I believe, or maybe they're Adidas. I'm not sure they have two stripes. So anyway, it doesn't matter. The point being, uh, Funko is probably about 10 years old and they're everywhere. You see these things in grocery stores. You see them in, uh, drug stores. You see them in comic book shops at target at Walmart. Um, I'm trying to. Anywhere you go, any any comic book store, any pop culture related store, you will see these things. You know exactly what I'm talking about. They have the big black eyes, um, giant heads, small bodies. Um, anyway, Chris, uh, who also is a podcaster, a fellow podcaster like myself, but of course his is better. Um, Chris has a, a podcast he is a creator of nerd foo it's all in the interview uh, he lives out in Seattle he's been working there for a few years and we talk all about that we talk about our love of game shows our love of pop culture um, the enduring uh, the enduring the yeah I guess uh, the enduring legacy maybe that these Funko pops will will have um, and while you're listening, if you happen to be, you know, doing something that you can go to a computer, you can always go to Funko, Fn dot and, and check out and see what I'm talking about. Um, but you've definitely seen them, and uh, my collection is is big, but it could be bigger. <laughs> Insert penis joke here. So there you have it. Uh, here it is, the interview I did with Chris Sully from his home in uh, Seattle, Washington. And again, I did it over my app, which means that the quality is crap, but I'm going to continue doing it with the app until I get a new computer with a better setup where I'm able to talk to people, uh, and not, uh, live in fear of the, of the computer crashing. So there you go. Here it is. Enjoy it. It's too lazy to write. It's me, the real John Baker with Chris Sully, uh, talking about pop culture. You're a transplant from from the South to the Pacific Northwest.
1: Yeah, yeah. moved up here for the job at Funko and uh, haven't regretted it for a second. Now, before we get into your job at Funko, because I got a lot of questions, a lot of questions, but I am looking at your Twitter profile right now. And were you excited when you heard the news about Leslie Jones and the reboot of Supermarket Sweeps?
2: Absolutely, I've had I've had that on my profile. It says future contestant on Supermarket Sweep. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, I, I've been I've had that on my profile for the last two two and a half years, just because I've always been a fan. I even went on Etsy and bought a uh, Supermarket Sweep shirt
0: that oh, I wear really? at work
2: every once in a while, <laughs>
1: and I always get a ton of compliments on it. And people are like, "Were you on the show?" I was like, "Not yet." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny one day. Well, do you ever watch it in reruns on the Buzzer Network? It's funny that you'd ask that question today. I literally,
2: last night while falling asleep, fired up on uh, Amazon Prime, has those episodes through
1: Buzzer. And so I watched the pilot episode of it last night again. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Yeah, I'm ready. I was watching it once. So so my name's Jonathan, my wife's Jennifer, and one day they had contestants on who look nothing like us but named Jonathan and Jennifer. So I took a screenshot of it. put it on Facebook and people were like, when were you guys on? I would, would have been 15 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd have been super
2: young when it was originally on too. I just watched yeah. just like during the summer, like i watched price is right uh, and wheel of fortune. And then that definitely supermarket sweep whenever it came on.
1: Oh, it's a great show.
2: Yeah. I just, I realized last night watching that pilot, uh, I need to, when I go to the grocery store, pay a lot more attention in case this actually becomes a reality because there were a lot of answers I had no clue on and they were just rattling them off. So I've got, I've got to educate myself on the, uh,
1: on the grocery aisles. Okay. Okay. Well, I look forward to, to seeing you on that show. And if you look anything like your avatar, I'll know exactly uh, what to look for. <laughs> if they'll let me wear the giant orange cowboy hat, I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> so so let, let's talk about this for a second. You're the marketing manager at Funko. And yes, how long, yeah. how long have you been in that position for?
2: I started at Funko back in Dece- or November of 2016, so just past my three-year anniversary, and uh, honestly, it's uh, we have director levels and marketing managers, a title that, that m- many of us on the marketing team have, so I'm not the sole person responsible for our marketing efforts at Funko, but one of uh, a team of, there's about six of us now that focus on our social media channels and YouTube and, and our podcast, and uh,
1: it, it's a strong, strong team, and, and I'm lucky to
2: be a part of it, really.
1: Yeah, you really have um, a, a large social media presence, I have to say. You, you seem to be everywhere. Uh, Funko or myself? Funko, Funko.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we uh, our motto that we've embraced over the last couple of years is everyone is a fan of something. And one right. thing, I think we realized it by putting it into, really putting it into words over the last year or two, we've realized you got to be where people are fans. And some people really like Facebook but don't like the other channels and vice versa. So it's good to spread out and be on all of them so that you can reach all the fanatics no matter where it is they choose to engage.
1: Right, right. And one of the things I, I remember seeing once from a Funko tweet was that you guys take um, fan suggestions seriously. Is that, is that something you could say is true? Absolutely. I, I mean, if you ask the average
2: fan – uh, if they've only been with us like collecting for like a year or so, they'd say, oh, I don't I don't know that they listen. But for the longtime fans, uh, we encourage them to shout out on any of our social channels under any of our posts if there's something that they want to see. And we do gauge that and watch it, and we take note of it. We don't respond to it immediately and say, yes, that's a great idea, we'll do it. Because there right. are so many steps from the idea of, hey, why don't we make this line of, let's say, billionaire pops?" Okay. uh to going to hbo or showtime and getting the license and getting that approved and getting art done and you know any of those steps can fall through and then it doesn't happen and the last right. thing we want to do is promise something and then that follow through
1: well and so i i have noticed and i want to talk in a second about the history of it and, and everything but i'm just kind of rifling off what's top of mind right now um for instance i have the brady bunch set and I noticed there's no jam. Now, is that a shout out to the overlooked middle child that she was, or, or was that maybe a licensing thing?
2: You know, it's funny, every time we post a new license, uh, we'll do the first wave. And typically, a first wave of a, of a license is four to six pieces, just because you really don't know where it's gonna land with fans. Is this something they're embrace and they're gonna buy all of? So we do work with the licensor, Uh, And say, hey, which one should we do? And a lot of times they'll have input and tell us the ones they feel most strongly about. And we'll do those.
1: And then if
2: the sales are good enough, if the fans embrace it, then we move on and do multiple waves. Like if you look at something like uh, Dragon Ball Z, My Hero Academia, um, any of those, DC, Marvel. We've done so many waves at this point because the fans continue to buy and ask for more. And we definitely want to, you know, it's a business. And we definitely want to succeed, so we, we go where the where the fans are purchasing.
1: Okay, interesting. So I could say that maybe people don't really care for the Jan character from uh, Brady Bunch. What I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> or you never know. You might be or never, and, and yeah. you come back strong with a second wave. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, my second question, because I'm actually right now looking at a box I just got the other day in the mail, and I'm not – I didn't do this just to kiss your ass. Like, I'm looking at a wall right now of probably 30 or 40. Out of, I'm an out-of-box guy. Are you an out-of-box or in-box? I am mostly in-box. There are a few exceptions. Uh,
2: we oh, okay. we like to
1: say one to rock, one to stock.
2: If it's something that I, I really, really love, I'll keep one in-box and buy another one to keep out on
1: display. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, I have like a whole series of just, I mean, it's a hodgepodge. But I'm looking at this Back to the Future one I, I have of uh, Cowboy Marty McFly. And I love that one. So, so two things I want to know. So number one, it's a Hot Topic exclusive. So you have exclusives with a whole bunch of different places, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Hot Topic was one of the first companies to embrace it years ago, and it has uh, developed and expanded to where I I don't even know how many companies we work with at this this point, but it's got to be easily 30 to 50, somewhere in there.
1: And I mean, they're everywhere. Like, I've been to drugstores. I've been to, like, Michael's art, you know, art supply stores. I mean, you don't know where you're going to see one of these uh, displays.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a testament to the to the fans uh have, how they've embraced the uh the Funko brand, especially the pops, uh but also to those companies for realizing, hey, this is this is a trend, this is something that's really caught on, and people are digging it. Let's use that as an opportunity to pull them into our store so that you know they'll buy
1: those, but maybe they'll get something else too. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I've walked out a hot topic with things I don't need when the one thing I do need is you know the Back to the Future Marty McFly Cowboy. <laughs> well, my wife and I were just talking about that the other day. There's a meme that says,
2: I don't know what I want when I go to Target. Target lets me know what I want. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> I mean,
1: you know what, it's funny because no Target visit for me is complete without that stroll to the back wall where the big Funko sign is all the time.
2: Absolutely. Like
1: you have to do it. It's a requirement. Well, yeah, yeah. So, And the other thing, my son will kill me if I don't ask this, the numbering system, we've tried to figure it out on our own. How, how do these numbers work? Or is that, that a grand order? question? Uh,
2: that's a grand question. I, you know, I, I have not gotten a direct answer on that, but that comes up often because there are the, uh, the collectors who put them in number order by a license. And when they see a gap, for instance, I know there's one in the wrestling, the WWE series. They're like, what is that one? I have to know. I have to have it in my collection. They'll even go so far as to put a clear plastic protector with nothing in it in as a placeholder in oh, that okay. spot. And and honestly, I've never gotten a direct answer on why we sometimes jump numbers or skip out on numbers. If I had to venture a guess, I'd say it has something to do with the licensing and that when we originally go out to work with somebody like a WWE. And say, hey, we want to do these six, and they say, cool. And we number them and put them in our system. And then later on down the road, they go, oh, wait a minute, we need to pull that one for some reason, and it's already kind of got a number and a spot. We just we've continued to move on. I think that's what happens, but again, not not confirmed.
1: Okay, okay, interesting. I, my, when my son the other day I was asking him that question, he said, well, maybe that's the number they made. So I'm looking at like. Cowboy Marty McFly is 816. So he said, maybe there's only 816 of them. i was like, maybe. But I don't. Well, I
2: think if you'll notice in in that line in the upper left, does it say pop movies? Yes. Yeah, so in theory, he's correct. That would be somewhere in the neighborhood of the 816th pop we've made in the pop movies line. Oh. Uh, but there's a bunch of nuances to that as well. Like we make exclusives that'll have the same number. Uh, But it'll be a slightly different variant of the pop, like a metallic or a flock or something like that. So it's not a science. There's probably more like twelve hundred pop movies at this point. I'm just venturing a guess, but somewhere in that ballpark.
1: And for you guys, is everybody like you said, uh, you're everyone's a fan of something. So is everything fair game? Like, are you always looking to think, what can we license next?
2: Oh, absolutely. And and I'd say it's equal part, at this point, uh, it's equal part heart and equal part mind in those
1: decisions. Like if uh, if
2: you were fortunate enough to watch the documentary on Netflix, on Netflix uh, called Making Fun, uh, you'll see, you know, our owner and our original founder, when they first started creating these, it was basically just all heart. So they went after the things that they liked, that they thought would resonate with fans. And over time that has definitely evolved where there's still a lot of decisions made where if our owner watches a a show over the weekend and he feels passionate about it. He'll come back on Monday and say, let's talk to them. Let's make this happen. Or it comes from fans or it comes from the buyer at Hot Topic who says, Hey, our fans are coming in and drove asking for more My Hero Academia. Make it happen. Here's the characters we want. So there's a bunch of ways those decisions are made. But again, it goes back to what do we think the fans are going to want and purchase and we try to, we try to honor that and deliver that.
1: Is it is it now to a point where, like, when you go approach somebody, um, let's say, let's say for me, I wanted to see a series of Fletch Funko Pops. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> i like that. I okay.
2: love
1: Fletch. Okay, he's so, in the eighties. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I know you have the Caddyshack ones because I'm looking at grounds the at Bill Murray right now. Um, but mm-hmm. so is it to a point where you might approach somebody and they would say, we have been waiting for you after all these years? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that absolutely could happen. I had our uh, CEO had the honor of interviewing him for our podcast uh, at okay. Funko a year and a half, two years ago. And that question came up and he actually said in the early days, he would literally go knock on doors and make phone calls and talk to these uh, these big companies that had the license for movies and television shows and say, we really want to do this. And sometimes they'd say yes, but a lot of times they'd say no. Mm-hmm. And as the company evolved and the pop brand caught on and people started to fall in love with it and collected, it got easier and easier to the point now where, hey, DC's making a new big movie. They'll come to us and say, this is coming in six months or a year. Mm-hmm. And we want you, Funko to be a part of it. We want you to make these products. Uh, and then sure, I'm sure there are people and companies that have approached our licensing team and our licensing team has investigated and said, yeah, or maybe not. Maybe not now. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back to it. I mean, you get to be a little choosier uh, when you're in the position that we're in now, thankfully.
1: But are you also, um, like, for instance, you know, the new Star Wars just came out. So uh, your licensing team would have been told, like, I, I'm, I mean, I don't really, uh, you know, so-and-so is a new character, but you have to keep that on on the down low. So are you kind of privy to spoilers in some situations or circumstances?
2: Certain members of the Funko team are. Uh, I purposely stay out of our internal systems just because I often end up in, like, on-camera interviews and, and talking right. to fans, uh, doing podcasts. And I'm afraid if I know something, I may leak it. And plus, I am a I am a fan first. I am a avid moviegoer, television watcher, streamer. Uh, video game player, and I don't want any of that spoiled. I, I purposely stayed out of everything Star Wars before F9 because I wanted to go in and not know, that. oh, hey, there's this figure that must be a big plot point in the film.
1: Right, uh, but, right.
2: But to to, uh, to elaborate on that, I know Reese O'Brien, who's our, one of our head artists who works uh, specifically on action figures in Star Wars, he's told stories about how they'll bring him into Lucas and say, okay, you leave your phone and anything else out here, we're gonna show you some things and you can sketch and you can make notes and you can do whatever you want, uh, but this is complete secrecy. You can't tell anybody about it. Uh, go work on it and we want it ready for when the film comes out. So there are those members who uh, who do get to see that stuff very early on, but it's very, very locked down and very organized in what they get to see. A lot of fans think we see the movies six months before they come out. Uh, I wish they were right, uh, but that's not how that works. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't get to see it until they do often.
1: Oh, so that's interesting. So they they do know those spoilers, huh? Um, a few people,
2: yeah. And they're good at keeping those secrets,
1: thank God. <laughs> now, is there, um, uh, like, I know here in uh, in the States, I'm originally from Canada, and I think I mention that on every podcast I do, but I, I like to make a point of that. But I've noticed, like, um, here you have sort of American-specific uh, Funko characters. Uh, like there's Rosie the Riveter that I'm looking at right now. And uncle Sam, are there ones in other parts of the world that we won't see here in America? Yeah, it's already started happening a little bit. Uh,
2: we've, uh, started to
1: embrace a lot of the sports
2: licensing over the last, uh, two, three years. I'd say a lot of football NFL MLB have done really well for us, but we've started getting into European soccer league as well.
1: Okay. And those
2: are sold primarily overseas, just because that's a much bigger market. And they right. sure some find their way back over here, but some of the licensing restrictions actually state that hey, you can make this, but you can only sell it in these geographical areas. So there are oh. times when that comes into play, and I and I know there are some things coming down the pipeline uh, that will continue to embrace that idea of uh, focusing on a on a specific geographical
1: area. Oh, interesting. Was well, now. I'm gonna to go to the original question I wanted to ask you from the very beginning was how did you end up getting to Funko? What's your background and how did it help you get to where you are? Yeah, we uh we
2: we do this on our podcast occasionally we'll interview people and we call this the origin story.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so for me,
2: I uh I was lucky enough to I've been a longtime pop culture fan since I was a kid. That was our, our favorite pastime with my dad was watching movies, television shows, playing video games. And uh, over the years, I've had many jobs, but I ended up doing social media at a Fortune 100 company down in Houston, not something that I wanted, not a company that I really wanted to work for, but a chance to get into the industry. And while I was doing that, a buddy of mine uh, came to me is around 2012 and said, hey, man, you want to go to San Diego Comic Con? And I said, I'd love to, but I thought that was industry only. Like, is that something we can do? And he he did the research, and he got us in at the right time, and we were fortunate enough to get tickets. And we went, and it was a total life changer from the time the wheels on the plane hit the ground for me. Just a total eye-opener to see this entire industry and all these fans who are into pop culture in the same way, oftentimes far more passionate than I, uh, and I just I was like, this is home. These are my people. I love yeah. this. And my buddy and I stood in lines. Around other people, getting to be friends with them and talking about things, and a couple people actually commented and said, "You two are pretty funny. Y'all should do a podcast or something." And it really hadn't crossed our mind until then. And then we we started to embrace that idea and develop it. And in 2013, uh, we launched a website called Nerd Food uh, and oh. a podcast to go along with it. And up until just about a year ago, we were continually recording once a week. We recorded 230 something episodes of the Funko Fun, or I'm sorry, of the Nerd Food podcast. And during that time, got to know some of the people at Funko. So when an opportunity came up uh, for a marketing job at Funko, I reached out and said, Hey, this is something I'm really looking into. I really love the idea. I think I'd be a good fit. And they, they knew who I was and knew my work and knew the podcast and said, come on. And it was literally from like a plane ride to a job interview to I moved there six weeks later. It just, it happened so fast. Wow. But it, uh, it has been amazing. It has been the spot for me. I honestly feel like I'm in the job that I was meant to be in. And right. so I get to continue to do what I love and that's embrace pop culture and collect. I mean, I've got, I had thousands of Funko products before I even moved up here. So I've just continued to add to that now. And I, I have been at a room for most of my life. I don't know what I'm going to do with any more product at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have them on two floating shelves but or three actually. But I I probably need a few more because I have a few scattered in another part of the house. Ha- I have the whole Scrubs crew in another part of the house. Nice. Um, and they're with um, the Big Mouth guys, but I don't know if they get along. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you have to leave the room, and that's when they come to life and do their thing. <laughs> so you'll exactly. Never- exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm waiting for the Coach Steve uh, Big Mouth one because he's the most repulsive character on the show, and I love him. <laughs>
2: That show is something else. I watched part of the first season. I need to get back to it. It is just, uh, there are times where I I am embarrassed. Oh, I actually blush watching it, but I love it. So I got to get back
1: to it. Yeah. I I like who came up or, or where did the idea of, uh, you know, the, the older and the newer version of people, like I'm looking at, you know, two different princes right now. I have like the raspberry beret and the, and the purple rain. Is that, was that a whole separate stream that developed?
2: I think that also comes from the conversations with licensors. Like I know the Prince of State was very specific about what they envisioned and would allow for Prince Pops. So when we went to them, when the licensing team went to them, I'm sure they had a heavy hand in those conversations on on what product would finally be made. And in in a lot of cases, that's true. There are other licensors who will say, hey, you dream it up, and you come to us, and we'll say yay or nay. We might make some slight alterations but." But in that
1: case, I bet it was a licensor. Okay, interesting. We had actually just recently my son's bar mitzvah, and he's a huge pop culture you know, fan for a 13-year-old. And I spent the better part of six months going from store to store buying the uh, larger Funkos, and those were the centerpieces. Oh, like the 10-inch pops? Yeah, the 10-inch pops. So we had, you know, like um, – green goblin and we had a few movie scenes uh like we had the ghostbusters house we had the battle of endor and i'm telling you when the kids found out they could take them i thought they were going to kill each other (laughs) that's awesome what a great idea i never thought of them as centerpieces on a table that's awesome oh my god and the ones that were too short because some of them i wanted but they were only like six inches tall i just turned a um a flower pot upside down, put a napkin over it and put it on top so it had that height and they looked amazing.
2: Very smart. I, I have seen so many unique uses uh and displays of products over the years. I am I am honestly amazed at the efforts and the time taken by some fans to display their collection. It is wow. It is truly amazing.
1: Well I also find through your social media you guys embrace um like certain uh, issues like or, or or topics, I guess. The other day, or maybe it was a week ago, I don't know. There was, you know, show us your empowered women Funkos, mm-hmm. and I was following the thread, and it's absolutely amazing to see what people collect and and how they display them. Yeah, it's
2: all long been. I think the part of the success of Funko, that's long been a part of the company culture, to not only support fans, but to engage with fans and to uh, to proudly display what they do to to further the brand. Like we do a lot of that type of stuff, like post your photos. We do a every quarter, we do a photo a day challenge where each day has a different topic and okay. fans to the thousands of photos will be submitted based on a topic. Like one of our favorite ones is Shoopy, where people will end up taking pictures of their pops with their shoes or sometimes just the pops with shoes. Like, okay. you will focus in on that. Uh, we'll do different colors. Like today, everything's red. And you'll just see the sea of images of people who pull out every pop they have that has red on it. Oh, and so okay. on and so on. Shelfie is a big one. Um, selfie. I'm, I'm going with all the E's because that's the only right. thing that's coming to mind right now. But we have all those different topics for 15 days at a time. And it just picks up speed every time where more and more people participate. And people are getting into, like changing the lighting and getting better cameras. And I mean, everybody gets into it and has such a good time with it. And it's so fun. Cause we'll share those throughout the entire thing. And it's a real honor for, for fans to be featured and to win a prize during those. And there are, as soon as we finish one, they're like, when's the next photo a day challenge? We want to go ahead and start getting ready now.
1: Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, do you have a, a wall in the corporate office of uh, actual people posing with their Funkos? Like, um, I don't know. Uh, Pee Wee Herman with his Pee Wee Herman Funko? You would think at this time we probably would.
2: Uh, we don't. We do have a trophy case uh, that has some of our uh, like older items uh, that are featuring characters or awards we've won. Uh, okay. But we do keep like folders of images that we can refer back to and that we can use in campaigns as time goes on. And we've been lucky enough to have like, the entire cast of Game of Thrones took photos with their pops, wow. Westworlds the DC characters, and then the fans will do it for us, too. They'll go sure. out and they'll pay for a photo op with a Tom Hiddleston at a con, and Tom will hold up his Loki pop. pop. Right. Right. It's always amazing to see those.
1: I'm going to have to remember that. My son and I go to, uh, in DC, we go to Wizard World. Oh, no, sorry, that's in Philly. Uh, awesome con. So I'm going to have to see who's coming and which pops I have.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to get a monograph, too. I started doing that years ago, and I have I don't know, a couple dozen that have been autographed. And I was lucky enough to get uh, Stan Lee to sign a pop before he passed. Wow. And then I also got the actor who played uh, Herschel on The Walking Dead to sign his before he passed. And those uh, those mean a lot to me because, you know, there's no more opportunities for that, sadly. But those will always be special moments that I
1: had with those actors, uh, with those people, you know, when I could. Right. That's that's unbelievable. But do, you, do you know uh, what was the first pop that was made the
2: very first pops were dc pops back in i can never get the year right on this i want to say it's 2010 or 2011 they were actually called funko force 2.0 and they looked like the pop you recognize now with the bigger head and the smaller body the big black eyes but they came in a very different packaging that was more like a bubble plastic packaging Oh. And if you look them up on on eBay or just you know Google search, look up Funko Force 2.0, you'll see them. They were not embraced when they first came out. The fans who had been Funko fans for a long time were definitely into the wacky wobblers, and they like that style. And they didn't really? necessarily like pop. And fans that were walking around SDCC that year, where they were exclusives, really didn't embrace them from day one. And there were a bunch left at the end of the show. But wow. by the next year boom, things had changed, and Uh and you couldn't keep those on a shelf anywhere. So those first wave of, I think Batman was number one, you had Wonder Woman, Penguin, Riddler, and there might have been one or two others. I'm trying to picture an image I've seen in my head, because I have have only seen one in person one time ever. I've never been fortunate enough to own one. They are a true grail piece for a hardcore pop collector.
1: Oh, I'll have to look for them next my next con.
2: Yeah, I mean... I've been to 30, 40 cons over the last five years at least, and I've I've only
1: seen one at a con ever. Do you see ones when you're at the cons and going by the booths and say, oh, we did that? I, I have no recollection of that series. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't happen
2: quite like that. I mean, I have been collecting since 2011, so I've uh-huh. been there along the way to watch all the releases. And when I was focusing on Nerd Boo, we would actually share a lot of the Funko releases to say, hey, here's the new stuff that's coming out. So I've kind of been there every step of the way, but there are times where somebody will, hey, did you guys ever make Bill and Ted? And for a split second, I'll have to stop and think and go, wait a minute. Did I see that? Or was that like a fan custom creation that I saw? But luckily we have have our Funko app now and I can easily go in there and it has our entire catalog and I can just punch in Bill and Ted and boom, I see that we did make Indeed, Bill and Ted, and I can see even if I had it in my collection or I can add it to my wish list or I can even go out and see what the value is based on recent sales, so I
1: can kind of gauge, hey, is this something I want to go pursue and pick up that I'd like to have in my collection? Wow, interesting. And Funko, and I know I'm going, I'm jumping, um, and I keep on saying, wow, interesting. That's sort of a crutch I think I have. But um, Uh, Funko also has... You guys also have the Pez lineup, right?
2: Yes, that's something we introduced, uh, I want to say about a year and a half ago. Uh, our owner, uh, Brian Mariotti, is a longtime Pez fan, He's been collecting his whole life. And nice. it really was one of his dreams to collaborate with Pez and make a line of, of figures. And it took a while, but uh, he was able to work, out, work it out with them. And we started making, uh, I believe it was at our fun days, which is our party during SDCC a year and a half ago, so that would have been 2018, where we showed off the very first ones that had our mascot, Freddy, as yeah. the Pez head. And since then we've made, I, I want to say at least three or four hundred different Pop Pez in varying, um, obscurity. Some are, you know, characters you've never heard of. Some yeah. are very hard to locate. I think there's one Pez that we made that's limited to like 10 pieces. Um, oh wow so the there is definitely an overlap in those fandoms some of the pez collectors have now become pop collectors and vice versa and uh, it's really neat to see people's collections of those as well they make some uh, elaborate amazing displays to
1: get all those out of box and show them off yeah i knew a guy who this is 20 some years ago he was a pez collector and it was at the time i thought it was odd but i guess now that i look back on it it was very normal <laughs> just his collect. hey everyone's a fan of something Yeah, exactly. But there's more than just the figurines. You also have like the plush um, characters, I guess, and there's T-shirts. There's a whole – it's not just what we're talking about specifically today with these pops, right?
2: Yeah, pop has been the the mainstay for years. That's what really put Funko on the map with a lot of fans. But we do branch out and try new things all the time. So to your point, we've done uh, soft lines where we've made T-shirts and plush. We purchased a company several years ago called LoungeFly that makes backpacks, purses, wallets. uh, And we uh, work with them to add new licensing and to make new products. We, of course, have the pop line. We do rock candy, dorbs, VYNL, or vinyl. um, And there's probably 15, 20 different other lines that we do different uh, styles. We're always trying something new. Just recently, uh, during London Toy Fair, like a week ago, we announced a new line coming called Soda. And they are soda cans, metal soda cans, where you pop the top off and there is a figure inside. And they're limited to, I think the most is 10,000 pieces on one. Some are as low as like 4,000 pieces.
0: And those will be out
2: shortly. And the fans already are just going nuts over those. They love the not only the stylization of the vinyl figures that are inside, but they love the cans. They love the licenses that we selected because we're doing like DC, Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, um, Hanna-Barbera. Flintstones and more. And that's all in the first wave. So we do try a lot of different things and it's really interesting to see how fans will embrace uh, and go after some of the new
1: lines and to see how they take off or don't. Sometimes they don't do all that well. Do you think that um, a product like this, like Funko um, could have survived say in the 80s and 90s? We're very obsessed right now with, with pop culture, both past and current. So, do you think this is the right time for this product? I think
2: everything that's made Funko successful was about the right timing. I mean, if you think back to it's been it's been a decade now that, that pops have really been a thing. If you think back prior to that, people were collecting their movies on VHS and music on DVD or CDs, and right. then there was a transition to all digital. And in this transition to all digital, people still want to show their fandoms and they still want physical representations of the nostalgia, the things that they grew up with that they love. And what better way than to have a small vinyl figure on your desk at work or on a shelf at home uh, that you don't have another way to represent? I mean, you may be able to go pick up a little artwork, but there's not a lot of that that exists unless you go to cons. Now, yeah. here you have this thing you can walk into any store and, oh, Batman, I love Batman. Let me, I'm going to grab that one up and put it on the shelf.
1: Yeah, And there are plenty of
2: people who have no idea the aftermarket value of some of these figures, or they don't care about collecting a room full of them. But they, if they really, really love Star Wars, they've got a lot of Star Wars for them. Yeah. And I think that is all timing. I think it all worked out just right to to be in the position we're in now, because the co- also the conventions go back 10 years ago, and almost no one had the opportunity to go to San Diego Comic-Con or knew about it or knew about these other cons. And they've all grown so much in the last decade to the point where nerd culture, pop culture is mainstream and is accepted and okay now. Right.
1: Right. Well, that's one of the things my son learned at an early age was when we would go to these cons, he just realized that everybody was accepting of one another. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was a very, truly amazing. Yeah. Nobody really judged you. Uh, on what you liked or what you didn't like like what your thing was you know my son was a doctor who guy and he would dress in doctor who costumes and you know he he never got into a fight with willy wonka <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it is uh that was very
2: eye-opening to me as well i didn't know what to expect when i went into my first cons and everyone was so accepting and friendly and you felt safe for yeah. in a time where you don't often feel safe, and it is uh, it's like having a, a big hug every time we go to one of these things, and for us, much, much like a family reunion now because that's the only time I see some of my friends from around the country.
1: Oh, interesting! Interesting, you should try to get here to DC to Awesome Con, it's a great, great convention. Yeah, I did Awesome Con in Houston once, they were okay. they traveled to
2: different cities over the years, and it was a good experience. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I saw Jim Lee there. Got a couple autographs from him. Uh, I would definitely like, I've been to D.C. before. I'd like to make it back up that way at some point, because I do love going to cons where Funko doesn't necessarily have a presence, right. just to kind of keep up with what's going on. And those are my opportunities, too, to, to meet some celebrities and get some autographs and photos, which, you know, if we're working at a con, I don't really have time to do those things. So I still love to do that when I can. And that would be a great city to go back to.
1: Have you uh,
2: been to the new store in in Hollywood? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be there on November eighteenth when we opened the store. We did our grand opening, wow. and it was uh, again. I, I keep going to amazing, but that was an amazing day as well.
1: Sure, it's apparently from what I've seen, it's like the mo- one of the most Instagram places around.
2: Yeah, the, our our owner did some interviews that day, and one of the things he kept honing in on was: this is not just a store; this is a an event. This is a an Instagramable opportunity. For you and the family, and so when they designed it and built it out, they made sure there are not only are giant pop statues throughout that 40,000 square foot space, but oh, also yeah. things like a, a throne that you can sit in, surrounded by Disney villains. There is a giant Jeep from Jurassic Park that you can actually sit in for your photo. There's a Rick and Morty spaceship you can get into.
1: <laughs> uh, there's
2: a, a moment. Uh, from Star Wars, where it's you versus Greedo, and you're sitting at that m- iconic moment in place of Han Solo. I mean, there's there's things like that throughout the building, and every I, I do a lot of reading and responding to reviews on Yelp and Google, uh, my business and things like that. And every time on Yelp, it that's the thing people hone in on. They're like, oh, what a great opportunity for photos. What a what a great place to take pictures for Instagram. You see it every single
1: review. People are loving it. Wow, is there? Uh, like what would your holy grail of, of pop figure be?
2: Well, of the things that have already been produced, uh, there are a few that I have long wanted to add to my collection and foolishly passed up on time and time again. Uh, one is definitely a, a SDCC exclusive gold Loki that was made years ago oh, okay. and is uh far out of my price range at this point, but one day I hope to be able to add it to my collection through trades Great. or, or whatever I can do to make that happen. Uh, But as far as things that have never been made, there are a few licenses that I'd really like to see. Uh, Me and one of my other buddies always talk about Greatest American Hero. We grew up on uh, that and loved that show. And I would love to see a pop of that. I'd love to see us go back to Firefly. We only did a handful of Firefly characters, and that's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Battlestar Galactica is my all-time favorite show. I'd love to see some more pops from that. So there there are quite a few, and, and luckily I'm in a position now where I can not only relay what our fans are asking for, but I can kind of
1: pitch in my own ideas from time to time. So hopefully for they'll sure. listen to some of those. <laughs> I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, so what about the whole supermarket sweeps angle with those sweaters? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. I'll we'll talk his, to Leslie and see if we can figure that out. <laughs> his sweaters were just terrible, so you could have a lot of fun with that. That was the that was one of the things I really took away from that rewatch
2: last night. I forgot that he wore the. I mean, pardon the reference at this point, but like the the Cosby sweaters. Oh yeah, yeah, big, colorful, chunky knitted sweaters. I forgot about those.
1: That actually, you know what? Saying what you just said leads me into my next question, and I don't know if you can answer or not. But is there anything you stay away from? Well, as a company, as far as what product we make uh that's a good question
2: i mean you you have to you have to be careful you don't want to make something that's going to put people off and offend people and i'm right. sure that goes into the decision making on every license that that we end up going with i am not in many of those conversations but i would imagine
1: there are probably some where we're like eh
2: let's let's go gently into this one let's be careful
1: right right well I, like you just had mentioned Cosby and i don't want to harp on that but like something like Fat Albert and the Cosby kids would probably be something considered, right? Yeah, I would have, I would have thought so at
2: one point for sure. Now, I don't exactly. know, I can't speak for the company, but, uh, if I personally were to make a decision, I think I'd be really careful about that one.
1: Right. You'd have to tread lightly because of yeah what's happened. And it's, yeah, it's I, I mean, it's, that's part of our culture. Right. Well, you know, one of my th- best memories of growing up was when my dad and I went to. He surprised me one night uh, with tickets to go see Cosby, and it's a, it's I ha- it's a great memory I have of my dad and I. It's just tarnished now a little bit or a lot because of what we know.
2: Yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I see references online a lot because not not just Funko, but for the nerd food stuff I do as well. The comments will be like oh, don't reboot this. You'll ruin my childhood. Yeah. And I
1: understand
2: that case, how that makes sense. We're not detracting from your childhood. But in the case of something like a Cosby or, I mean, most most uh, recently, the Astros getting caught cheating in the World sure. Series. Yeah. And if you're a diehard fan of either the team or those players, that definitely hurts. I mean, that yeah. takes away from – especially if you were there in 2017 and you – bought the jerseys and the pennants and all that stuff. And then come to find out that they didn't earn it. Right. You know, you feel betrayed and, and when you For feel sure. betrayed, you feel it, it emotionally takes a toll on you. So yeah. Who wants to relive or, or go down those avenues?
1: Right. But yeah, I mean, there is some stuff from my childhood that I, I see that they want to reboot and it, it bothers me, but I can't do anything. about it.
2: <laughs> well, you know what I always say we can. If, if we feel passionate enough about any of these things that we don't want to see done, all we have to do is not give them our money. It's that simple. Yeah, you that's vote true. with your cash. If, if everybody doesn't go see it, they won't do it again, but then people will complain all over the internet. And guess what? We still get bunches of reboots because people go to them. People yeah. watch them. There's something to that, that name and that nostalgia, even if it's not good, people are going to ch- uh, tune in to find out what it's all about.
1: Yeah. It's true I I mean I was not I took my son to see the new Ghostbusters a few years ago. He loved it and I didn't tell him my opinion on it because I didn't want to tarnish what he thought. If only the internet acted like that. (laughs) True. It's true.
2: But um, it really that's something we talk about at at the office from time to time. It's kind of a shame that, that people can't let other people enjoy the things that they enjoy.
1: Like if you don't like it, just keep scrolling yeah yeah now one of the things that funko did that um i actually i'm still waiting to get my call from gamestop because i i pre-ordered them and i got to figure out a way that you're going to help me out with this and if you can't that's fine but i was so happy (laughs) i was so happy when you put out the warriors uh pops like beyond thrilled oh yeah because that's one of my all-time favorite movies but then i found out that there was only two available at your la store and one that was comic-con exclusive so i gotta talk to you off uh off mic about this we'll figure something
2: <laughs> well i mean honestly this is this is still a good conversation piece for everybody when it comes to collecting uh that does happen that scenario happens a lot where people won't sure. find out until after they've been out for a while there is a secondary market when it comes to this collecting and oh, depending yeah. on how excited or, or how big of a must-have those items are to add to your collection you might be surprised to find out that if you, you look at our app or you go to ebay some of those Sure, they've been out for a while, but they don't go for that much. It's not a crazy ask to spend, yeah. you know, twenty bucks on a pop if it means a lot to you. That's but true. then there are some that, you know, you miss out on because of the demand and they go up and they're immediately worth three and four hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean you still gotta ask yourself, is that something that I really, really want in my collection? Is it worth it? Could I trade for it? Do I do I know somebody that I've got something they want that's not even Funko related? I mean, there's so many ways to go about these, uh yeah. getting these and add them to your collection. Uh, And I've made a few trades over the years uh, for things that, you know, if you looked at the catalog for the value of the thing I traded, it wasn't worth near as much as the thing I'm trading for. But I've had it for years, and I got it for nothing. I paid retail for it at the time.
1: So, you know, we,
2: as fans, we help each other out. That's how we make these things happen.
1: Yeah, well, there are ones that I've, I've, you know, walked by at cons or in stores or whatever and thought, I can't believe they made that. And I've grabbed them up right away. Like, I'm looking at uh, Muttley and Dr. Dastardly right now. And mm-hmm. when when I saw those, I was beside myself. Um, I paid, like, retail for them, but I don't think I'd trade them for anything because they're priceless to me.
2: Exactly. I've got m- so many pieces in my collection like that. Like, I will never trade away my Masters of the Universe or Rocky or Back to the Future. Those all mean so much to me because they were – such a big part of my childhood, and I don't care what they're worth; they're
0: right. going to stay
1: with me. Right, and one of the things that I do love about about Funko is, um, like the the creativity that goes into the creation of some of them. Um, for instance, I have the a little shop set, but then the tiny tin can Audrey 2 was, I think, only a Target exclusive, and I just love the detail that went into making that. I think it's just Fantastic. A real, like true art.
2: Yeah. Our artists are, wow, they are so, so good at what they do as, as our owner calls them they're world class artists. And he is absolutely right. If you look at the early figures, like those Funko Force 2.0 and the early pops that I was talking about, they all had a very distinct style and build to them all. It was those arms out to the side, the superhero pose. And over the years, that art has evolved to exactly what you're talking about with Little Shop of Horrors or Dragon Ball and My Hero Academia or a Running the Flash. Like, the art, yeah. art is so cool now. It's just amazing what they're doing. And I, I, I can't imagine to see where it's going to be in another two or three years.
1: Well, even some of the detail that they put into it, like, I'm looking right now at the Axel Foley one. Um where, where he's holding the bananas like that's just very specific uh-huh. to a scene in the movie and it's perfect
2: yeah the they the artists go through a lot of research i love walking by their uh, machines uh, their pcs during the day to see how they'll have up on one screen these images for reference and then they'll be working on their uh, tablet where they can sketch right on the screen and to see them bringing those moments to life uh, is wow! I, I If I if they'd let me, I'd pull up a bar stool and just eat popcorn and watch it <laughs> all because I am just amazed at what they do. I, I don't have that skill. I wish I did, but they really do justice to things exactly like you're talking about. Those really cool moments from film and television captured uh in that one piece of vinyl that only many times only cost nine dollars.
1: Yeah, so cool. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Like I, I'm looking at some of the detail on some of these ones. I mean. You have the the diehard one where he's wearing the shirt that says "I have a gun now" or whatever it is. I mean, that's just—they're just such great moments from these films that we we grew up loving. Yeah, it's again capturing that nostalgia,
2: and we—I wish we'd had these things when I was a kid. I'd own yeah. so many of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I'm I'm being a kid now. So, now did I miss out? I'm looking at my. Um, Gilda Radner, Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana one. Did I miss out on a whole first, second season of SNL Funko pops or, or was that just like a random thing that was done? The SNL or- ones were a
2: little more random. We, we jumped around many of their most, um, uh, most successful skits. Like we did the, the Spartan cheerleaders. Yeah. I we did that, the, sure. was it the Watabi brothers where they're, you yeah. know, they're nodding. Yeah. Uh, as a two pack, we did, um, kind of think of some, of the, oh, uh, the Tom Hanks, um, David S. Pumpkins. Yeah. Those, yeah. those. So we jumped around to a bunch of the different licenses that they would let us do. And I uh, we haven't seemed to have returned to it in the last couple of years, but I would definitely love to see some more because I love SNL. There were so many great years. Yeah, and so many great characters to,
1: to choose from.
2: I'd love to, I can't remember if we did Target Lady or not. Uh, from SNL. I think we did. And I need to, I got to track that one down and get it because I, I love anything Kristen Wiig does, especially when she was on SNL.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I know you did have the Ghostbusters one. Yes. Yeah, the female yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah, the Ghostbusters,
2: we did the, we did some for that movie. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Is it more difficult dealing with um, the estate of somebody who's who's passed away than it is dealing with like a DC comics, that's a corporation, like, or is it, It does it depend on who you're dealing with?
2: I think it depends twofold, probably the individual at a company that we're dealing with, but also the culture of the companies that we deal with. Uh, I wouldn't want to name any names, but I, I know some have specifically that we would not have thought thought would be so specific in what they wanted and we'd go back and forth numerous times. And then there's some other big licensors who were making from a huge film and we'll show them one time and they're like, cool, do it. That's perfect.
1: Oh, so you just okay. never really know. Well, I know like, uh, he,
2: uh,
1: Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I
2: would just say it changes too. You'll deal with the licensor for years and then that person that you deal with will leave and somebody else will come in and it changes
1: the, it changes the conversation. Well, it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying before, like um, Prince's estate. I mean, and Prince had, detor- had, had been known as being a very controlling, I, I guess, uh, person, right? So it, it would be obvious that his estate wouldn't wa- want to just hand everything over to you and say, you know, go crazy.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know his estate, Kurt Cobain's estate uh, that we've dealt with, uh, Bob Ross recently all those were, were working with, you know, people that are protecting the identity and the brand of this icon and and rightly so they should be protective.
1: Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you don't want to ruin the the legacy, I guess.
2: Yeah. The legacy or, I mean, to be quite honest, the, uh, the longevity of that license, they're, they're around to make money off of that to survive
1: and and they've got to do it correctly. Yeah. That's true. I can't. Well, now I'm just looking at the golden I have, you know, I have my Bob Ross. I have my golden girls, but my golden girls are the, what's the line you, you said you had the, oh God, the smaller, rounder ones. Oh, the, the dorms. Yeah. Yeah, the dorms. My golden girls are dorms, but I know you also have other golden girls, right? The other up? Yeah, we've done pops. We've done pop pez. Most
2: recently, we actually made a Golden Girls board game in our new yeah. series called Funkoverse. Right. So you're expanding um, everywhere, right? You're not just – now you're into the board game uh, arena. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, we're a publicly traded company now, have been for over two years. And part of that responsibility to the stockholders and to the success of the business is to continue to venture out and try new things uh, to make sure that you know, we're still relevant and still selling and still growing. And board games is a quickly growing market. I mean, crazy growing as far as the uh, dollars per year that people are spending on board games, uh, the different types of board games, the websites dedicated to it. So we looked into making a board game, had some ideas and approached a company here in Seattle. And it turned out to be such a good relationship with them. And they did such honor and such justice to our figures and the idea of a board game that we purchased them. And now we've got not only... um, the Verse games that you've seen that they produce, but also we have New York Toy Fair in just a little under a month now. Let's see. It's the 25th and Toy Fair starts on like the 22nd of February. Um, and we'll be revealing some things there. There's going to be a, a dedicated area for our Funko games. Uh, and people are going to see a lot of cool new stuff coming.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, you know what? I'm going to end it there because I, I, I like the idea of ending it with You know more to come the dot 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 at the end absolutely Um, and i mean you have told me more about this company and about about what my collection now means to me than i could have ever imagined um you've 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 managed to you know take part of my childhood and make me relive things every time i go to a store now and i i thoroughly Enjoy that, and and thank you for that. I mean, it's, it really is great to to be to be able to talk to you about this. It really is.
2: Absolutely, it was fun. I,
1: anytime I get a chance to talk
2: podcasting and nerd culture and Funko, I am all over it. I just I still enjoy it every day, and I hope that continues for a long time. So hopefully, your your audience will enjoy it as well.
1: I hope they uh, they get a kick out of it. I hope so, and I, I hope that if you ever do make it to DC, to awesome con, that you you tweet me and let me know. Oh, you have my email now, actually. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, and this has been great. I'm gonna, you know, start po- posting more pictures of my my figurines up there. Tom Hanks, by the way, seems to be a big part of my collection. You guys go into t- after every movie he's done. Well, you know, for a long time,
2: uh, uh, I think again, no, no confirmation, but I think he retained the rights to his likeness and oh, had okay. not signed off. And then last year, finally, did so. We did like, um, we did Forrest Gump, we yeah. did um, Castaway,
0: yeah,
2: we look did at, Big. Yep,
1: <laughs> I'm looking at the three of those, I say right there now. was
2: one more. Yeah, just like all of a sudden. Did the same thing with Adam Sandler at the end of last year, where all of a sudden he opened it up and said, okay, cool. So we're doing Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, Billy Madison, and I think there might even be more on the way, just because, hey, he finally said, yes, let's let's roll with it. Let's run, you know?
1: Because like you, like you said at the beginning of this interview, yeah. everybody's a fan of something.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's amazing. You honed in on the Golden Girls, and that's the one I always use as an example when people – come up to our booth. I, I joked about it on our podcast. I would get that older guy with his arms crossed that walks up and is like, what are these things? I don't understand it. And I'll have a conversation with them. And I'll be like, what are you into? What, you like any movies? You like sports? And no matter what they say, I've got something for them. And I'll be like, yeah, we made that. And they'll be like, what? How do I don't get in this booth? All of a sudden, it's it's important to them because we actually honed in on something that was important to them, you know?
1: Well, my, my younger brother, who's a finance guy, he has no idea – pop culture is like the furthest furthest thing from his radar. And I told him I was going to be talking to you and I explained to him what Funko is and he's like, give me an example. I said, you love the movie Trading Places. Well, I have four figures that you would absolutely enjoy. He's like, I need them. <laughs> yep. And he had no clue they existed before that conversation. He had no clue that I he could get Billy Ray Valentine begging for money on the streets of Philadelphia as a, as a figure. And I think that's why the,
2: the Funko brand will continue to grow because it does take people a while sometimes to find it. But once they do, they're like, oh, this is cool. Like, I, I want in on this now. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And like you said earlier, it's, it, you know, um, streaming replaced our display of our, our DVDs and our our VHS tapes. Streaming also replaced the display of our, our CDs and our albums. But Funko is, is sort of what we now display in place of those. Yeah, I
2: can't remember who I heard say that, but I've always, since I heard it that day, I'm like, oh, that is absolutely truth.
1: Like, Take credit it, for it. It makes yours. so much sense.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. Just in case that person never comes back. <laughs> I want to be that guy.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to be the guy that if I ever see, uh, you know, uh, a Dr. Rosen Rosen, or uh, I'm trying to think of other Fletch characters, I'm coming after you. If I see Fletch, I'm coming after you. <laughs> I love it. No, I'm absolutely not. This was great. Thank you so much, Chris. Do you prefer Chris or Sully?
2: I go by Sully most of the time. Yeah, that would be perfect. I'm actually um, I'm going to download the file. I hit record like a minute after we got on the call, so you may miss just the beginning. But I'll shoot you the recording from my end in case you want to use it. It'll make for a nice, clean, uh, finished product. Totally up to you. Whatever you want to do.
1: I might probably I might do that. But thank you so much for this. Has been great. I really appreciate it. I might call you in six months and do this again because I could probably talk to you for another hour. Absolutely. Hit me up. If I'm available, I'd love to do it. Thank you. Well, enjoy the rest of your day out in Seattle and um, thank you for doing this again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. You too.
0: Have a great one. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, Like I said in the interview, I, I probably could have talked to Chris for Lord knows how much longer. Um, so, you can, uh, you can find him on Twitter, Chris Sully. He's on Twitter. Um, we talked about what his avatar looks like. Uh, he's got a big uh, yellow cowboy hat on with a star. He is, like I said, a marketing manager at Funko uh, in Seattle. Uh, you can go and get these things at any store. And, uh, like I said, if there is ever a Fletch one, I'm taking credit for that. Okay? If Dr. Rosen Rosen, Dr. Rosen Penis... Um, I can't even... Uh I can't remember any other names from Fletch. I'm like drawing a blank. Uh, you know, the guy with... Uh, <coughs> Dr. Uh, Poon, Arnold Poon, I think it was. Um, anyway, Harry S. Truman, Don Corleone. You've seen the movie. Or even Fletch, basketball Fletch with the Afro. Um, so I'll take credit for those. If anybody has the Warriors ones and they want to send them to me, please do. You know, just text me and I'll, I'll uh, send you my address. Thanks for listening. I'm going to try to get to do this more often. It's so much fun talking to people. I hope uh, if I don't talk to somebody this weekend or next weekend or the week after or whatever, I'm going to maybe you know, do one on my own where I just talk about my newfound love for the TV show Shits Creek, which is fantastic, and then I'm hoping that I can parlay that ass-kissing. Uh, I, I do love the show, but if I talk about it enough and maybe I can get Dan Levy to listen to the podcast or at least the section where I talk about the show, he'll respond and say, oh, I'd love to be on his podcast and I could talk to him, uh, or his dad or his sister, uh, really anybody, uh, from the show would be great. Um, so there you have it. Uh, too lazy to write. I spoke with Chris Sully of Funko and you listened to me for over an hour. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to come into your uh, phone, be on your phone. It's a pleasure to be on your phone. <laughs> you can reach me uh, at the real John Baker on Twitter. Uh, you can go to the website, the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word right. Uh, com, and you can find the podcast, past podcasts, and there's even an area where you can you can uh, send a comment. And I have something to do with PodChaser not sure what that is oh a woman interviewed me a week ago about uh podcasting so that's going to be up soon on her podcast I'll let you know when that happens podcast 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 everyone has one it's the devil's work thanks for listening talk to you soon take care bye is welcome with a real job.